Welcome in everyone to another edition of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. On this edition, Blake and Taylor will discuss Dak Prescott's shiny new contract with the Dallas Cowboys, run down the NFL's franchise-tagged players for the year 2021, Mayors Leonard's anti-Semitic comments, Another round of Be the GM with the Philadelphia Eagles and Minnesota Vikings. This round, our free agency predictions. And Blake Griffin signing with the Brooklyn Nets. Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio episode 138 begins right now. Yeah. Microphone check. Look. Uh. All we do is go, go, go. KCD, no, no, no. Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, we on for show. With the host Black and Taylor. You already know they down for whatever. When it comes to sports, there ain't no jokes. Already know that they into, so you better come in tune in. Cause you know what this about. Gonna make you scream and shout with all the nasty news. This the dynasty, cause you don't know the breaking rules. Telling you what it do's. Giving you the insight and best believe they're doing it right. Every day and every night. Only question is, yo, is you ready to take flight? Greetings, greetings. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. You are listening to episode 138. Welcome in, everybody. I am your host, as always, Blake Plonsky, hanging here with you today on this Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. With me, as always, is my co-host, Taylor Johnson. How's it going, Taylor? I'm doing pretty good. I don't know about you, but I think Pretty much all the snow is melted and washed for away by the rain. The fr- I was just going to bring that up for the first time since it feels like October of last year. Uh, we got a nice rainstorm tonight or t- today. Excuse me. It's uh, definitely a breath of fresh air. Literally. I don't know about anybody else, but. I enjoy just opening the blinds and uh, my sliding glass door that I have and the windows a little bit and just listening to a good old-fashioned thunderstorm or just the rain outside. Amen. I don't know. I, I enjoy that, man. It's it's the little things in life. It is. It is. All right, everybody, as I mentioned, you are listening to episode 138. Let's get right into it, Taylor. We got some big things to talk about this week, some good things, some not so good things, and what you think is good or bad, I guess is up for debate between myself, you, Taylor, and the listeners out there. Let's jump right into it. Rip the Band-Aid off. I mean, again, as this is a direct rival to my Philadelphia Eagles. I suppose this is a bad one, depending on what side of the line you end up on. Taylor, the Dak Prescott saga is over. Dak Prescott signed a 
huge new NFL contract, a deal that has a maximum valuation of $164 million, including $126 million in guaranteed money. Excuse me, I just fainted for a second. And includes two key details, a no trade clause and a no tag uh, provision, meaning that the team cannot tag him any longer. Taylor, I don't know if that goes into perpetuity or if that's just this contract. Who knows? There's a lot of interesting, weird language in this deal. Uh, Prescott's deal averages around out to 100, or excuse me, $42 million over the first three seasons with $75 million awarded to Dak Prescott in the first season and $66 million in a signing bonus. There's a lot to unpack here, my friend. Uh, I, where do we start, honestly? At the 11th hour on Tuesday, Taylor, the tag deadline being for Eastern, uh, 3, e, uh, 3 p.m. our time in the central time zone. I thought das, I thought Dak Prescott, excuse me, was destined for another tag, which would have been what? Like 50 plus million, I believe it was. I, I didn't type it out here in front of me. I thought Dak Prescott was going to play one more year. He was going to head to free agency and finally get the money that he was looking for. I guess I applaud Dak Prescott too for holding out for the money that he thought he deserved. Taylor, he got the biggest amount of guaranteed money ever in an NFL contract. Just right off the bat, he's $126 million richer by God. That was uh, you reading off all his monies. And yes, I said monies because there's a lot of it. Um, there's a lot of zeros and commas going on there. Just um, reading, just reading this, the amounts here, as you said, Taylor, his monies, it, it almost confuses you. It does. Yep. And I think you said it pretty well that, I mean, kudos for him for holding out. Um, Cause I think they offered him a pretty decent, decent, a pretty damn good deal last year. And he said, no, 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 I'm going to, I want, I'm going to hold out for more. And well, he did. Um, and just so yeah, one kudos. more thing, Taylor, before you yep. go on all of this, this giant contract with the no trade clause, the no tag provision and everything else on top of the potential career threatening ankle injury that he suffered all of right. this. And yet Dak Prescott wins. It's just, Big it's, time. it boggles my mind. Just even reading it, go ahead. He won. And then he won some more. Um, I, if you're a cowboy fan, I guess you could say you won too. I don't know. It's, I mean, at least you got your quarterback locked up for a while, but you definitely paid. And by the way, um, thank you. You can thank Kirk Cousins for all of this big money. Um, cause I believe if it wasn't for his $84 million guarantee contract three years ago, I don't, there, 
these quarterback contracts would be huge. I don't know if they'd be getting this big so quickly. So, um, and I believe your boy Carson Wentz had a had a hand in that as well. You know, Taylor, it's funny how you said your guy Kirk Cousins signing his deal with the Minnesota Vikings. The thing that stuck out to me wasn't the money that you brought up. It was that you said it was three years ago already. I think where does three, it, where does it, yeah. where does the time go, brother? Where is the time? I think go? it was three years ago. It had to have been three years no, ago. No, that right? no, I'm not doubting you. What I'm saying well, I'm is, not, is I'm that, doubting myself now. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say what my point is is that three years ago already, it's like you blink and it's like, oh, a month went by. Oh, look, another year's gone. Oh, look, I'm in the grave. Oh, well, that was fast. I it was just, three years I, ago. I tell you, what life moves quick man life moves quick march 15th at least this is the date of the article 2018 yeah so give or take a day i suppose never forget um i did see something interesting on twitter um because i What's don't know now? well i don't know yearly i saw this a couple of days actually yesterday yearly i don't i'm not sure what this contract breaks down to i know they saved oh, 17 million, 13 million this year by not tagging him and doing his deal for what he gets. But I think going forward, obviously, he's going to be getting a lot more money per year. Um, as we all know, the NFL is going through network negotiations. Um, it's rumored that this is going to be billions and billions of dollars when it's all said and done which of course helps that salary cap grow. Somebody said, well, Jerry Jones must know that this network deal is going to be just absolutely mega. Sure. Absolutely. You know, for, I mean, obviously it's going to be a huge deal, but I think this, I have a feeling that this deal is just going to be insanely huge. So, you know, and the pandemic year and everything that we've been through as a people, in the past 12 months, everybody was worried about what the salary cap was going to be. If you look at the numbers, it's only an 8% drop. Like the way that everyone was making it out to be made it seem like it was going to drop like 20% or something crazy. It's an 8% drop. You can make that work. Well, I mean, the cap is a myth, so obviously you can make it work. But amen, brother. Um, amen. Um, yeah, no, I mean they they get creative, they can make it work, and yeah, it they, it didn't like I don't know, it was almost like doomsday, like, oh my gosh, this cap is gonna be it's gonna handicap everybody, but um it does it is, however, going to make for a very frenzied free agency, I think, this year. Um just because it's going to make for some interesting contracts that are going to come down. Is. Like you I said, with the gonna... TV money, there's going to yep. be maybe more than some people think, you know, obviously some people who just watch the games, maybe catch your news story here and there, follow your team, maybe not analyze it like we do Taylor, but there's going to be probably more one year deals than people expect. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think there's going to be, a number of one-year deals Mm -hmm. um, because they know next year that salary cap is going to go up a lot. And then obviously every year after that, so they can definitely get paid. 
So, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of one-year deals, and I think players are probably, this is just my opinion, but I think they might be, you know, not holding out to see if there's another team with a better offer. I think you got to sign quick because if you don't sign and you miss out, I think you're going to end up getting less money and settling for a team that might not be as good. Now, I think you got to go, 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 go. <laughs> now, Taylor, I'm not sure if you intended this or not, but that Ooh, transitions maybe. well into our next topic here, talking about one-year deals. What happened on Tuesday with Dak Prescott is also uh, woven into what we're going to talk about here, and that is the NFL's nine franchise tag players. And Taylor, uh, we got some pretty interesting names here, some pretty big names too. And I mean, depending on the player and who we bring up, it's do the, does the team believe in them? Do they want more time to negotiate? It just, it depends. First up though, Allen Robinson, number one, I remember his draft really well coming out of Penn state, Allen Robinson. I wanted Allen Robinson for my Eagles in one of the first two rounds, which however it shook out to be watching his tape and just what he does. I, I wanted him really bad and he's only gotten better. He's a top 10 wide receiver last year in 2020 Taylor having uh musical quarterbacks, a Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles. He put up his most catches in his career, second most in yards. And honestly, uh, I apparently did not finish this note. Best career, uh, something I did not finish that. I apologize. I must've just spaced that, but Allen Robinson Taylor is a big talent. Um, He's franchised with the Bears. I mean, I you could not do much worse than the Bears right now. But without Allen Robinson, what do the Bears have, especially in areas of catching the football? But Allen Robinson is going to get paid as he should. Um, he's got a big deal coming his way. He definitely does. Um I think there were a number of teams that were a little sad to see that he got the franchise tag on him. It looked I, like it wasn't going to come. Right. Um, and I can think of uh, at least one team in the NFC North, not too far north of Chicago, that I think might have had their eyes on what was transpiring. That's neither here nor there. I won't mention what crappy team that is. Um, yeah, I don't know who... Who's the, here's the thing though, but who's going to be throwing him the ball this year? Yep. I don't know if Trubisky, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, who, I don't know. It'll be interesting. <laughs> I mean, he, he could really benefit from a really good quarterback because Trubisky, I'm sorry, just isn't it. And for him to put up the numbers that he has with Trubisky as his quarterback is a testament to just how damn good he is. And he's you're, like, you're reading my mind. He's like one of the few weapons on that offense. Like there's one or there's just a couple weapons. I mean, come on. And yet Allen Robinson, again, you, you can 
put all the defensive attention on him and he still succeeds talking about defensive attention, Taylor up next, going from offense to defense. Now this is in no particular order. Everybody, as far as uh, players listed under the franchise tag, Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos, the safety for the Denver Broncos, rather. Uh, I had to do a little bit more research on him, Taylor, before the show today. I I knew of him. I just, you know, wanted to go a little bit deeper. Would you know that he's never, or, or excuse me, not never, that he averages in his career two interceptions a year hmm. and 90 combined tackles, but 70 solo tackles as a safety. Yes. And Justin Simmons, uh, uh, kind of, uh, um, algorithming it out, kind of just by the numbers going elimination by elimination. I'd say that Justin Simmons is a top 10 safety. If not just about to break that top 10 barrier, if he hasn't, the sky's the limit for the kid. But again, another situation of playing for a bad team, a so-so team at best in Denver. Um, I mean, he's getting paid, but I don't know. I It's a good thing that they decided to keep him around, I guess. Yeah, I, I never would have guessed he had those kind of stats. I don't you, you don't really hear about him much. Um, obviously, if you're an AFC West, a fan of an AFC West team, you know Justin Simmons very well. But I, <laughs> I mean, it's not a name that I would say off the top of my head. But rattling off those stats, I mean, like you said, if he's top ten, if he's not, he's got to be eleven or twelve, ready to break through, right? Yep. So. I mean, I I agree. He's they're they're lucky that they tagged him because he was definitely going to get paid somewhere else. And again, and a few more teams that could use some safety help. <coughs> the Eagles. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Did you I? You guys uh, need more than just safety help. You guys. No. Uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for uh, twisting twisting the knife in the wound, my friend. I appreciate that. Yes, I'm, I'm well saying. aware. But um, we'll we'll get to that in free agency in the draft. But thank you, thank thank you. I, I I did see a thing right now about Justin Simmons. He played every defensive snap for the Broncos for three straight years. There you go, Mr. Iron Man. Wow. If that if that doesn't get you a deal, I don't know what will. If he would have went to the Eagles, he would have missed probably half the season. Yeah, because our trainers are awful. So, no, exactly. Up next, sticking on the defense for at least one player for now, the New York Giants Taylor franchise Leonard Williams. Now, would you say that Leonard Williams has lived up to his draft stock? I would think so. I'm actually surprised you said that. I thought you'd agree with me and say no. No, I think he now, has. Okay, so here, let's see here. Two uh, two of five seasons with above five sacks. So three seasons he's gotten uh, below five sacks. So I don't think that that's good enough. I think that playing him on the defensive end off the edge was... Part of the problem, 
And being that he was on the Jets for so long, I mean, they can't figure themselves out of a paper bag. Former Eagles executive Joe Douglas being on the on the, with the organization now, notwithstanding, but he moves inside Taylor to defensive tackle or nose tackle. I'm not entirely sure if the Giants play a 3-4 or 4-3. He moves inside last year, two of five seasons of, of above five sacks, right? Last right. year, he doubles that with 11.5 sacks on the inside, mind you. So the guy, the guy is a monster of a man. He just hasn't been playing in the right position. 11.5 sacks, Taylor, was good for seventh last year in all, for all defensive players. Also seventh in a better stat as far as how you would grade a defensive player, I think. Also seventh, Taylor, in all of defensive players for pressures. So your quarterback hurries, your hits, etc. Because I think I personally think pressures are a better tall tale stat of how good of a defensive player is. But Leonard Williams, not for nothing, had a career year. He did have a career year franchise tag, like you said. Um, I'm pretty sure that the Jets are going to use this extra year to work out a long-term deal. Jets, Giants. We got a long-term deal um, with Williams, but I don't know. I think he's lived up to his potential, Blake. Uh, like you said, probably wasn't playing the right position on end. When he moves inside, he's a beast. I mean, he he was, what what was it, 42 pressures, 12 hurries um, behind Donald and Chris Jones. So, I mean, come on. Right. Dude's and when beast. I said that he didn't live up to, he hasn't lived up to his potential. So, again, Two of five seasons with above five sacks. So, but he explodes for more than double that with 11.5 in this season last year. All I'm saying is, is that I'm, is that I, I look at him and I say, okay, do it again. That's well, all I'm will. saying. He will. He'll prove you wrong. Just, just not against my Eagles. Okay. I was just, just going to say, just not. Anything but that. Say, well, I hope he destroys your Eagles. Jalen Hurts has enough to worry about. That That is very true. <laughs> Up next, Taylor, is a head scratcher. The Jacksonville Jaguars franchised Cam Robinson. A weird move. In my estimation, I don't have a lot to say on this one because I was, I look at his name and I just kind of go, huh? Like, I can't be the only one that was kind of like still scratching my head uh, a day and a half later. I can't be. No, you're not. I, the only, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think of what their thought process was. Obviously they're going to get Trevor Lawrence and they want somebody to protect him, but he's not very good. I was going to say Cam Robinson grades out to be one of the 
uh, worst as far as blocking, passing, and right. run blocking. So I don't really know how that and, equates out to drafting Trevor Lawrence and going, yeah, we got our guy. Uh, no, you don't. No. Probably could have, you know, picked up somebody better in free agency. Yep. Possibly. I don't know what their other pick is after number one. Maybe in the draft. I don't know. Like, like this is like a a Minnesota Viking type move. Yeah, we'll just <laughs> franchise them. What the hell? Uh, let's know? just pick somebody. Uh, yeah, you. We need to. Why not? Why lose another bad offensive lineman? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you, I don't uh, Billy know. Bob Vandermeer. Uh, we're gonna franchise you. Yeah, Ooh, you. He's that, good. He's on the yeah, upswing you, that, though. That guy. Don't uh, don't knock Billy Bob. He's up on the he's on the upside. Man, this list. I, and again, I just went off the list that I found everybody. So my listing of players just doesn't really have any rhyme or reason to it. So going from this guy to this guy, going from a head scratcher to another player that's on the up and up Taylor, just like Justin Simmons with the Denver Broncos. Up next, we have Marcus May of the New York Jets, a bright spot for a uh, very, very hungry for success Jets fan base, Taylor. Marcus May is top five in pass deflections for safeties, so he for sure is not afraid to get dirty, play the ball, and honestly, he's only going to get better. If only Taylor, he had Jamal Adams still next to him. But hey, right. I mean, I mean, you got something. And hopefully Joe Douglas, being the general manager now, can work his magic and do some good things. But hey, you at least have one bright spot that you can watch if you're a longtime, long-suffering Jets fan. See, and like the Jets are so are it's a weird team. Like I hear a lot of people saying that, yeah, they're a good young team that I mean could be on the upswing, but I I think they're more on the fence. Like they're either going to fall hard, like just bad again, just be crap again, or maybe they make some right moves and they are on the upswing. I mean Tough division with the Dolphins. You don't know what's going to go on with Tua. Um, that's a pretty decent team. The Bills, some could say they're a Super Bowl contender. Patriots, contend with Bill Belichick. You don't know what to do. And then there's the Jets. The Jets just need they, they need to start being more competitive. I mean, they got to start making the right moves. And I think this is a move in the right direction, but I, I think they just need more they're going to they're going to need more and i think they got to start swinging for the fences and try for some home runs real quick up next a player that shares my co-host's namesake yes he's a good guy i'm not taylor Mot- uh taylor molton sorry i just was trying to i was, my head was elsewhere i apologize Taylor, I think that he's a tackle that does not get enough credit. Let me explain why. One penalty allowed in all of 2020. One. 
in Moten's career, he's allowed 10 sacks, only three in the last year in 2020. He's given up four career quarterback hits, and he's allowed 20 pressures in 2020, which may sound like a lot. Everybody, you go 20 pressures in 2020. Why would you rattle that off? Which was the fewest among offensive tackles that played at least 600 snaps? What was that, that number? Which one, the pressures or the snaps? The pressures. Allowed 20 pressures in 2020, which is the fewest among offensive tackles hmm. that played at least 600 snaps. Our tackles allow 20 pressures a game, so. <laughs> right? I, uh, this would have been a nice tackle to have on the Vikings, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> well, a lot, nice. of, a lot of tackles are well, okay, serviceable on the Vikings. Well, <laughs> oh, man, you're not I, wrong, I, all right? You're not wrong. I saw an opening and I took it. But Taylor... I think that this is the right move for the Panthers. I'm not exactly sure what the plan is with Teddy Bridgewater, if he's going to be on the team or not, if they're looking elsewhere. Because uh, I think I did hear that the Panthers were kind of shopping him, maybe still are, but whoever the quarterback is, and not that Christian McCaffrey even needs a hole. He, I mean, he makes his own road and his own way as far as running the football and catching the football. But Tyler Moten, Taylor, Tyler, Taylor Moten. Taylor, oh, I, yes. I just, I'm, There's one thing, one thing us Taylors don't like, and that's being called Tyler. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, everybody, I'm about as low on sleep as I can get. I apologize. But they could do, they could have done a lot worse and, and went with Cam, with a Cam Robinson type. But I think Taylor Moten uh, runs circles around Mr. Cam Robinson. No offense. Uh, good, good choice for the Carolina Panthers. Good choice. Speaking of Teddy Bridgewater, I did see um, who their head coach, Matt Rule, did say that Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback, but. I haven't looked. Um, I believe his Instagram says something else. So, yeah, who knows? I was going to say, I, sounds like coach speak to me because yep, from what I, I've I read is that they're actively shopping the guys. So, and that's all I I've know. seen. I haven't seen one thing where Teddy Bridgewater is coming back to Carolina. So, all right, everybody, we're running a little long. We got two more. So, let's run through this. Taylor, you know this guy well for one reason or another. Mr. Marcus Williams of the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> this yeah, I know, one I know him pretty well. This one, like Cam Robinson, doesn't make any sense. I think Marcus Williams is a decent, good enough player. That's not the issue here. With what money? Yes. <laughs> Taylor and I, you know, salary cap is a myth. Yes. Let's talk Taylor as the layman, the everyman of your NFL fandom. 
who doesn't pay attention, like I mentioned earlier, to the things that we do as we break down anything and everything in sports. Somebody see a, a New Orleans fan sees a franchise Marcus Williams and they go, wait, with what money now? Wait, with, huh? He's above average safety, I think. And I understand what the Saints are trying to do here. But to make this work, it's going to take a little finagling, I think. I, I don't, I'd love to see how this kind of plays out. Because I don't, I didn't, I haven't seen rather enough moves that are moving the Saints in the right direction because there's still 40 plus million over the cap where, or 40 plus. I, I wait, I, I think it was 40. Okay. So yeah, no, because they didn't start with 40. That's right. So they have made some moves. I was thinking of the Eagles where the Eagles were 70 and now they're at. Oh, 22 over or something. So the Saints have made moves, Taylor, but are they maneuvering enough to get where they need to be and then putting the franchise tag on a player? Correct me if I'm wrong. That's top five at whatever position you play. So Marcus Williams is now making top five money at the safety position for the top five for most paid as far as a safety is paid out. How, how is this going to work? I don't think, I, <laughs> I don't think it is going to work. I don't know. Okay. You're as confused as I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm not this, the only one. It's a head scratcher. And by the way, what is um, Marcus Williams famous for? I, I gave you the opening before I went on about Marcus Williams. I, this is I'm your deal, saying, man. Go ahead. He, he's on, he's on the wrong end of the Minneapolis miracle. And that's the only thing I ever the Hennepin wrote. County fluke. What the hell was that? What kind of dime stored name was that? Good Lord. That was like, store uh, brand. that was horrible. Minneapolis, um, St. Paul, local radio for the win. Okay. Well, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but no, that's all, that's all I'm going to remember that guy for. So that's, that's exactly why I opened it. Uh, that's why I opened it up with that. Cause I knew you were going there eventually one more player, everybody. And I mean, less interesting than Marcus Williams here, Taylor, the Washington football team, WFT rather have franchised their offensive guard, Brandon Scherf, for what feels like the seventh time, give or take one. Honestly, Taylor, he's one of the most physical offensive guards in the game, kind of like a Quentin Nelson type, or I don't want to say poor man's Quentin Nelson because not a lot of guys are up at Quentin Nelson's level, but Brandon Scherf is, I mean, just a beast, just a physical specimen of a man as far as his strength and power. What is Scherf's Achilles heel? His availability. What is the best ability? Availability, everybody. He hasn't played a full season since 2016, Taylor. Really? That's interesting. Has not. I did not know that. 
He only played, I think it was at most last year, he played eight games. I'm going to take a look real quick. Makes sense. I would explain why whoever they put, whoever the uh, football team under center was under pressure, it seemed like all the time. And for what... Go go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of who they put under center, you know, they let go of Alex Smith. I don't, who knows who they're going to have under center this year. Uh, Didn't they sign uh, Tyler Heineke or Taylor Heineke? Uh, By Uh, the way, it's Taylor Heineke, but you really want to. I can't remember. Sorry that I (laughs) don't know him quite yet. My bad. Um, you really want to, you know, roll with him? He's a serviceable backup at best. I mean, granted, free agency starts next week. So, I mean, the draft too. So, we got a lot of moving pieces, a lot of mechanisms where it could be a different story. And I think the football team is only on the hook for a couple mil as of right now. So, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. I just got to make sure that Antonio Gibson is upright. True. Very true. Was a godsend for me in fantasy football last year. Love, love that. Amen, brother. I think he, there were a few games where he willed me to a second place finish. Oh, second place finish. Ouch. Hey, the way my season was going, I didn't know if I would make it to the championship game. Fair enough. All right, everybody. We joke. We like to have a good time here on Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. Unfortunately, we've got to get serious for a second. I hate doing this kind of stuff, but I'd be remiss if I didn't. Taylor Mayers Leonard. Okay. And I say that I don't like doing this stuff, but I feel like a lot of my good radio bits come from serious topics. Even though everybody says that they like our joking style, our kind of off the cuff, kind of in your living room style that we have. But here we go. Okay. So Miles Leonard is, you know, got downtime like everybody else. Playing some video games, nothing wrong with that. I play video games. Taylor plays video games. Uh, Taylor, I don't know about you. I'm not much of a um, online player. I, I like to do single player campaigns, franchise modes, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not big on playing against other people unless if it's, you know, in the same room kind of thing. Or if you do the whole hook up two TVs type of thing and you kind of have a gaming party. Miles Leonard is streaming on Twitch. Well, that's his first problem. And he's playing with kids, apparently. 
playing on Call of Duty uh Warzone. Is that the game? I I, I know that my brother I, plays it. I I've I I've never played called, it, yeah. honestly. I, I have no idea. So uh you young kids out there, please correct me if I'm wrong. So he's playing with a bunch of kids online on Twitch. You know, again, I I'm giving him crap, but you know, I'm kidding in that sense. And then he goes overboard and decides to use a ethnic slur toward a kid who in Call of Duty, for those who do not know, Call of Duty is a big, big gaming franchise, a first person shooter gaming franchise, big and online gameplay Call of Duty Warzone is a free download. I know that much. And lots of people play it, Taylor. Lots of people play it. He gets mad that a kid sniped him in the online game room. He called the kid, again, must state a, a child, a kid. He used the Jewish ethnic slur. Think of the word bike, but put a K on the front of the word because I will not repeat that. Not going to do it. I don't care if people listen back to this episode and they understand where I'm coming from, that I'm not saying the word, that I'm just reporting on it. I won't put myself in that position. I won't do it. And then afterward, you know, your PR team comes out and, and they say, oh, you know, he didn't know what he was saying and he didn't know that the word had any ethic, ethnical uh, connotations or contexts. Okay. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. I do radio for a living. I I like to think, Taylor, that we'll go anywhere. But there are certain things that I just will not say. I again I I tiptoed and walked on ice and eggshells just to say what Miles uh, Miles again. Now I'm getting irritated. Mayor's Leonard. I said, Miles, Mayors, Leonard, whatever it is. Miles Leonard, there, there I go again. Leonard, I'm just going to say at this point, oh, I have no idea. I, I, so, so you're, what you're telling me is that you use words that you don't know what they mean and you just throw them out there as a, Attempt at an insult. Uh, now I think that he's seven because he's using words that he has no idea what they mean. I, I just, I can't Taylor go. I, I can't, I can't with this I, guy. That's, that's one of the worst excuses ever is I didn't know what that word meant. Well, you one, you're a liar. I don't believe anything you're saying. And two, that that's a very, strong word and very you know it's not a word you hear a lot I mean, not, not 
that I hear a lot. But so if you use it, you know exactly what you're saying. Like, so I don't accept an excuse like that, nor will I ever accept an apology from him for that. Um, I, I don't know what these athletes and celebrities are thinking. Like, stop streaming on Twitch because you guys all say words you shouldn't and there are eyes and ears and recording devices everywhere now um do you say something wrong it's gonna go everywhere like within minutes so just a don't say those words b if you're gonna stream if you're gonna do all that gaming which is fine you know connect with the fans that's fine i get it but you better damn well know exactly what you're saying, how you're saying it. Cause to just throw that word out, he said it before. It's like when, you know, there's people that will say the N word just, well, it's like people that say the N word and just boom, like it's nothing. They have said it how many times before. Yep. You know, if you it's, let it's, a word roll off your tongue, with you know ease, exactly. it means that you've said it before. Yeah. Exactly. A and I did not see the the alleged video, Taylor, or the, the stream in question. But from what I hear, that Leonard paused, thought about what he was going to say, and then said it anyway. So, again, that just pokes holes in his apology again. Julian Edelman, a man of Jewish background came out and released a statement on Mayor's Leonard. He let him off easy by just saying, hey, I get it that he didn't know that he, Mr. Edelman, who, where again, being a Jewish person, he has more right to speak on this than I do. I'll say that. He is a more forgiving man than I. You got to know better. Come on. And you got to know, as an athlete, as a celebrity, somebody that's always in the spotlight. Now, he's not a very well-known player. I don't. Maybe he. I don't know. I. I haven't heard him before this. Um, but you got to know he was the guy that infamously stood while the rest of his team knelt on well, opening that, day that, this year. That that would make sense. That's um, what it. That's what he's known for. That's it. Um, but either way, you're on a professional basketball team. Um you have to know you have to always be aware that everybody has a camera in their pocket now everybody so you i know everybody wants to you know live their own lives and stuff but you you do something like that you know uh, somebody's gonna see it somebody's gonna make a video of it somebody's gonna make a clip of it it's gonna go on twitter and within an hour or two thousand views blows up to about a hundred thousand next thing you know there's a million and everybody's running with it and then like he did you're gonna scramble and make some piss poor excuse so no i'm not always I'm not assume that you're always being recorded always yep, yep. exactly now taylor i'm gonna say one thing and i'm gonna close this out Miles Leonard has played three games this year. Three games. 
a center, mind you. He's a center power forward. Has played three games, uh, averaging, give or take, 10 minutes a game. Pulling down uh, 2.3 rebounds a game. Total rebounds, mind you. I did not know that a center, a seven-foot center, could rebound worse than Brooke Lopez, but I <laughs> apparently found the man, hey, and hey, he scores 3.3 hey. points a game. Yes, Taylor? Lay off Brooke Lopez. I kid. Brooke Lopez was a was a New Jersey slash Brooklyn net for like 10 years. I, You know I love Brooke Lopez. I kid. Especially in this serious topic, we kind of have to throw a little joke in there somewhere. My point was going to be Taylor played three games this year, 10 minutes a game, give or take less than three rebounds and three points a game. So my question is this, and I'm going to end it with a boom goes the dynamite type deal. How is he still on this team? He is a fringe bench player. He's the 12th man on the bench, basically. So my question is, the NBA is a billion-dollar-a-year industry. Makes a lot of money. Plays for the Miami Heat. They have a very good owner in Pat Riley. I actually heard... Uh, one way or the other, I'm not entirely sure if this is accurate, but Pat Riley might be Jewish as well. I can't confirm nor deny that. All that said, you know, and Taylor, in a sports context, a lot of times when this stuff happens, rightfully or not, a player sticks around because of what they can do for your team whether they're a star athlete, a good player, or terrible terrible or not. Miles Leonard is the opposite. I read you his stats. So in that sense, not a star, doesn't contribute very much. And I use the term very much extremely loosely. So how was he not let go? You got me. No clue. Thank you. That's just how I wanted to end that. Just out of curiosity. Yeah. Mayor's Leonard go bark up a tree and you know what? The people that say he should be forgiven, blah, 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 blah. You know what? Spare me. Okay. Just he's an adult. Yes. We all make mistakes. Taylor. I'm not perfect. I don't want to seem like I'm living in a glass house, but I haven't done that. I haven't done that. Oh, on Twitch, video recording, Taylor, our audio, we have hundreds of hours of audio. Have I ever made that mistake? Not nope. even close. How I read what Mayors Leonard said, I, I didn't know how to word that. I walked as tiptoe careful as I could to make sure that I didn't make a mistake. And Mayors Leonard said it without a care in the world, which means, Taylor, as we said, that he has damn well said it before. 
I've cussed okay. a lot on here. That's about it. <laughs> uh, I I let one slip ranting about Miles Leonard that I shouldn't have. So uh, that will be edited out. <laughs> All right, Taylor. I would say let's move on to some happier tidings, but I guess that depends on how you want to look at our next topic. Up next, everybody, bringing in football one more time. My Philadelphia Eagles, Taylor's Minnesota Vikings. Last week on episode 137, we talked about how we would make both of our teams more cap friendly. This week, with free agency beginning next week, we are going to talk who Taylor and I would like to bring aboard each of our respected individual teams. Taylor, my list was, I mean, long probably isn't the right word, but I have shrunk it down in the last couple of days. Uh, Do you want to go first or should I? I'll go first because there was some breaking news that just happened not too long ago, Blake. All right. Hit us with it, brother. Involving my Minnesota Vikings. Play the breaking news bit that we got. I don't know. Anyways, uh, your Minnesota Vikings released. What? I said x-ray, x-ray. Read all about it. What is this, 1922? That's Anyways. what I was that's what I was going with. Just just roll through it. <laughs> so in the afternoon edition, uh your Minnesota Vikings released veteran offensive tackle Riley Reef. Ah, saving about, okay. Saving about eleven million dollars in salary cap space. I did hear uh it was either yesterday or the day before, or I read, I should say, not here. I read that they were going to at least try to restructure his contract, but they just flat out let him go. Okay. Yep. Let him go. Done. 11 million. He, I think the Vikings had until, oh, geez, the 19th or the 17th. One of those two days before that roster bonus. They had to release him before then to save that much money. Let's just say that. Sure. So, I, I get what you're putting down. So that kind of, um, I feel like they might make one big splash in free agency. Um, this begs the question, okay, do the Vikings now move Ezra Cleveland from guard to left tackle, which has been rumored for a few months? Um, Blake, I don't know if you know the band better than Ezra. Um, I've heard the be, name. Couldn't tell you a song you of theirs, too but young. I, I, I have okay. heard of them. Either way, there'll be a lot of better than Ezra references, I think, coming up this year. Anyway, so... <laughs> If that's the case, um, how about the Vikings sign an offensive guard? What do you say, Blake, huh? I'm going to go Joe Thune from the Patriots. uh, I was just going to say, who who are you looking at? Let's get this thing done. We got to do something, all right? Um, Run game, great. Pass game, not so good. Um, not, not, Not so good. It's almost non-existent, the pass protection. It's ridiculous. So hopefully... If in my hypothetical world that Ezra Cleveland moves to left tackle, he can hold up there. Joe Thune, that's solid. Um, I ain't going to worry about the right side too much. So, um, you know, there's a whole, like, 
there's a lot of guys that I'd be like, man, it'd be cool to have. And I know I say salary cap is a myth and I still believe that, but <laughs> I, you can't just pick these people like it's damn Christmas presents, but um, it, it would be cool. Or if a player a wants to join your team in the first place. How dare you? How hey, dare I, you? I'm in the same boat. I I'm not throwing shade at you. I trust okay. me. Same right. goes for my, my guys. <laughs> well, your guys are a little bit more trash than mine, but that's neither here nor there. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, I talk about this all the time um, about the offensive line help that we need. So after seeing the news, I think, I don't know. I think we got to make a big splash. And I think that's a huge splash, especially on the offensive side. Um, yeah, you know, adding maybe a third wide receiver behind Jefferson and Thielen. Um, there's just, I don't know, maybe they go the, the draft route, but I don't know. A lot of these guys that I'm seeing, seeing, um, just, I, I think it's going to be too much. So I, I don't know if wide receiver free agency is quite the route to go. We've done it before and the guys just don't pan out. Um, so, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Um, maybe get one in, in the draft, but, um, I don't know, maybe Antonio Brown will be available. Probably not. Um, <laughs> Kendrick Bourne would be cool. That'd be nice. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that on the defensive side. Um, damn, we need cornerback help, but I don't think that's going to happen this year in free agency. Um, it would be nice. I did see that the Vikings are not going to pick up. Mike Hughes's fifth year option for next year, which I'm kind of glad about because I think he really has not panned out. Um, but that I would guy, like that guy was a bust if there ever was one. Oh, you ain't kidding. Like that dude was supposed to be our kick returner, punt returner, special teams guy. He was going to be the next big thing at cornerback, and he's hurt every year. Well, and when well, he's on the well, field, well. it's just average at best. So uh, we'll have to find a cornerback, but I think that comes next year. I would like to see maybe a defensive end. We got Daniel Hunter, and there's some rumors swirling around about him, um, but I'm not going to entertain those right now unless something more picks up on that. But um, last year we signed, um, we traded for Unique and Gakwe, and then we released him, or no, we traded him away again what, four games into the season. So um, with Daniil Hunter healthy, knock on wood, that's me knocking on wood. Um, another defensive end would be nice. Carl Lawson from the Bengals, he just got released. Um, we got to do something, though. Uh, our defense was piss poor. That's my phrase, this show. Um, so we got to do something. We got to address the offensive line again. I'm getting sick of saying that, so we got to do something there. I think that's where our big splash should come from. We got to do something on defense, specifically um, defensive end. Another move I think they need to do is um, Eric Wilson is a free agent. I think they got to sign him back. Uh, he filled in very nicely for Anthony Barr. I think Barr is, I think his better years are behind him. I hate saying that because he had a lot of prom. I mean, he was good for a few years, but I think the way Eric Wilson stepped in um, was very nice. And I think he's got a lot of promise 
And I think he could fill those shoes nicely. So that's who I'm looking at. And maybe some kind of wide receiver that maybe we can somehow finagle, pick up somewhere. Cheap. I don't know. Free agency, my turn. Got to talk wide receivers. Jalen Hurts needs some weapons, some targets. Now, I know what the state of this team is. I'm not going to go nuts. I'm going to go logic, reason, and potential here as far as guys that we could get. Taylor, would you say that Curtis Samuel is out of reach? Yes, I would think so. I agree. I think he'll get paid by somebody. I just, you know, yep. I mean, a guy can dream, I suppose. I think Corey Davis is also priced out, unfortunately, so probably cross him out too. Agreed. Which leaves me with two guys, actually. Um, a potential rebuilding reclamation project, a replacement for the departed Deshaun Jackson, departed from the team. No, Deshaun Jackson is not dead. But John Ross Taylor. Okay. Just an idea. Just an idea. Okay. A bigger idea that would more work to Nick Sirianni. Another reclamation project, T.Y. Hilton. Hmm. Now. Interesting. Again, not going big splashes. I don't think a big splash is going to happen or whether it's even possible. I'm going with guys that can help this team not be as bad as it looks right now. Are these guys going to be game breakers? Who knows? I think you have to go with buy low, but big reward potential, Taylor. And then try and knock out all 10 draft picks out of the park, if that's even possible. Running back. James Conner is, I mean, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. Got to have a compliment to Miles Sanders. He's an idea. I don't know how logical that is. Nick Sirianni connection again, Taylor. Marlon Mack. Yes, he's coming off a bad injury last year. But again, by low, big potential. Depends on how things work out. Who knows what offense Nick Sirianni is going to run. There's a lot of unknowns here, everybody, especially with this team. But I don't know. I like the ideas that I have in front of me. Tight ends, Taylor, because I'm pretty much all in on the Kyle Pitts train. I don't really want any of my tight end ideas. This is so difficult, Taylor, because I showed you my latest mock draft. Right, which I, I, I like to give you crap, but honestly, I couldn't really... 
It was solid. It was I solid. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. So, so that kind of throws a monkey wrench into this, but I would like to bring Kimu Gruger Hill back from the Miami Dolphins. He's a free agent this year. I think he got a lot of crap. I know I like him more than other people do. I get it. But we could use all of the help in the linebacking room as we can. I also like Raquan McMillan Taylor more than a lot of other people do. Just those two are interesting, maybe low-end, more low-end pieces that could provide uh, some good sparks to this team. My final linebacker is priced out. He's going to get a big payday, so he's priced out. So it, it doesn't even worth mentioning. On the back end, two la my last two, again, Sirianni connections, Xavier Rhodes and Malik Hooker, cornerback and safety, respectively. I don't know how logical that is. I have cornerbacks that I want in the draft, linebackers that I want in the draft. Uh, I mean, it just it depends on if you want to shoot for the moon and go draft and close your eyes and hope for the best, hope that you hit on every pick or go for the guys in free agency that have proven something or other. And so you kind of know what you're getting in a sense, not fully, but you kind of get where I'm going. I don't know, Taylor. I think this is a year of the unknown for the Philadelphia Eagles. I was a lot more confident in a lot of my free agency picks yesterday than I am today in just 24 hours. I guess I'm just going to have to cross my fingers, close my eyes, and wait until next week. Hope for the best. I will say one thing about Xavier Rhodes. Um, yeah, his last few years in Minnesota were trash, but he played very well in Indianapolis last year. Very, very well. But I just I don't think you'll be able to pull that one off. Well, like I said, uh, probably not, but hey, a, a guy can I got try and think and a guy can uh I got one sorry, for you. Sorry, Blake. I got distracted. Go go ahead. Um and I saw this while I was at work and I was going to make a note of it to mention it, but it slipped my mind. Mm -hmm. John Brown got John Brown got released by the Bills, so there's another wide receiver for you. Not the worst idea I've heard. No. Or what about Nelson Aguilar? Reunite. <laughs> uh, I tell you. I guess not. Okay. <laughs> the NBA, Taylor, our weekly look at my Brooklyn Nets, your Milwaukee Bucks. I should probably go first, being that my team has all the headlines recently. Taylor, how I reacted to this story to you was in a joking sense and kind of in a serious sense at the same time. I have since changed my tune on it ever so slightly. The Brooklyn Nets signing of Blake Griffin. Okay. The more I think about it, the less I understand it. 
do we need a big? Yes. Is Blake Griffin that right big? I don't think so because the guy can't play defense. He can't rim protect. He can't jump. Due to his injury history in recent years of his career, Taylor, he's turned into a three-point shooter and not a very good one at that. He hits, what, 30% a clip? On the high end, 30%? So what does that really bring? He said he chose the Nets because the Nets need a four. Lynette's also need another five, too, because DeAndre Jordan can't play 40 minutes a game anymore. And yes, we have Nick Claxton, and, and I'm high on Nick Claxton, yes. And Nick Claxton's played really well. I wouldn't say no to trying to bring, bring, bring aboard Andre Drummond, though. I wouldn't say no to that. I kind of like the idea. Nick Claxton sticking with the big men, 16 points a game, 16 points a game, eight rebounds. I mean, you could do a lot worse. I just, Nick Claxton is young and green though. That That's the issue where Andre Drummond has been there, done that. And man, is he a big body that can rim protect when DeAndre Jordan needs a breather. I don't know, Taylor. I am less excited about Blake Griffin than I was a few days ago. I'm just going to say that. I don't really, I don't really know I, what he brings to the table. I, I, I would be too. I, I've never been high on Blake Griffin though. That's. I used I mean, to be, and I wanted to be because I liked him at OU and him coming into the league. And I mean, the whole Lob City nonsense kind of yeah. drained on me very quickly. You and I think a lot of other people. Um, how many years has he been in the league? Do you know? It seems like forever. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? More than 10 years. He's 31 years old. I know that. Okay. So I remember him playing at OU, and I think I'm like, wow, him in Oklahoma, they're going to go all the way. And I think they got bounced in like the Sweet 16. I'm like, well, this Blake Griffin guy sucks. <laughs> 12 seasons under his belt. 12 seasons. Okay. Yeah, he's old. I get adding a veteran body, but I, I don't know. I think, like you said, I think Andre Drummond would probably be a better fit. That's just me. I well, they're know. also not going to play the same position. Drummond's going to play the five. Griffin's going to play well, a stretch right. four and shoot threes all day long. Which I don't think he shouldn't be shooting threes all day long. They well, have, well, that's all he can do nowadays. Well, that's the problem. That's, he's that's turned into problem. that. He's turned into that because of his injury history. And he's a career, he's a career 33% three point shooter. So I think I could shoot better than that. Spot me up on the wing or the baseline. I'll be draining those threes all day. I can barely hit 10 foot jumpers anymore. So, okay. Well, geez, Blake, my 
athletic days were long, long ago. <laughs> long and about uh, 70 pounds ago, too. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. Fair enough. See, me shooting threes is like riding a bike. Pick it right up where I left off. I hear you, man. And and to round out this Blake Griffin talk, Taylor, here's the issue. As I mentioned, guy's a statue, can't play defense, can't rim protect, stretch four that's going to shoot threes all day. The Nets, Taylor, they average what feels like the most offensive points scored per game in the NBA. Again, it feels that way. How much defense do they play? I don't know. Does Blake Griffin bring anything on defense? No. What does it do? I I guess, okay, as a Nets fan, just watch the team try and outscore everybody every night. Yay! Oh, yippee. It, are the Brooklyn Nets the best show in the NBA? Maybe, but as a fan, I don't want to say. I just, oh, watch it for the, oh, look at the Brooklyn Nets try and be an all-star team and score 170 and give up 152. I don't know how this helps. And the Nets played one game last week, so not a lot to talk about there. I could go down the stats, but I just, I, I'm tired. I'm running on no sleep. I've been up for over 12 hours today. I just, I'm irritated and I'm tired. Ugh. This is coming from a guy whose team is second in the East and will probably end up being number one. That doesn't mean that I can't be irritated. <laughs> Come on. You Nets fans should be happy. I, I never said I wasn't happy either. I don't want best. anybody... I don't want anybody to get this twisted. I'm incredibly happy. I love that that James Harden is playing at an MVP level now, that once Kevin Durant comes back, can we actually be stopped? My problem is, Taylor, is that as a sports fan, one of my favorite things is defense so in soccer, football, basketball. It doesn't matter. The fact that the Brooklyn Nets in the past two weeks, what have they let go? Six players? I think we're playing short. Short okay. as in missing like four guys at the end of the bench. That That's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying that this team isn't good. We're one of the best teams in the NBA. And honestly, I would say that they're not surprising me, but I would be disingenuous. I did predict them to be second in the NBA, second in the East, Taylor. I said it, and if you remember on our NBA preview show, you laughed at me. I did. You you laughed at me. I did. Now, to take my victory lap in style, I will admit they're playing better than I thought they would right now because you know how this works, Taylor. You throw a hodgepodge of guys together. Is it going to work, especially on the fly? Not very often. I mean, you're going to have more times than not, probably it not working, especially when you throw a piece in here, a piece in there on the short term right away, not including 
a player's personality, you know, a Kyrie. People thought that James Harden was going to be a problem. He's a model team player. Same thing with Kevin Durant. And I mean, Kyrie is kind of quiet now, thank God. But I mean, it's working to our favor. The Nets are working. I'm just saying I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say everything is sunshine and rainbows. I just want to see a little bit of defense. That's all just some effort. That's it. I hope that team falls apart. Anyways, <laughs> just crumbles. What are you going to do when the Nets win the championship? What are you going to do then? Quit. <laughs> It'll never happen. They'll fall apart. They'll blow it in the playoffs. They always do. Anyways. You're Milwaukee Bucks, brother. You're up. So, Blake, what just happened on Sunday? Uh, You got me, man. Again, running on as little sleep as possible. Uh, Not sure. Wrong. It was the All-Star game. Oh, right, right. Uh, The most pointless All-Star game in sports where... Well, everybody's just throw, uh, just a layup line to the basket and no defense. Yay. I would, I would have to say the pro bowl might take that cake. I could actually watch the NBA all-star game, even though I haven't watched one in years, but anyways, there was one star that all uh, that all-star game, his name, Giannis Antetokounmpo, no player. In the history of the NBA All-Star Game, that shot at least 10 shots was perfect from the court, except for one Mr. Giannis. Yes, Giannis was 16 to 16, but let's put this in context. A lot of it was dunks and layups. (laughs) He was also three of three from three-point land. Correct. I'm just saying, let's let's put it in proper context is all I'm saying. Jordan wasn't perfect in the all-star game. Just saying. I'm not sure how much uh, defense was played on those three-point attempts either. I'm just saying. And Taylor, you know me. I'm not taking away from Giannis. I love Giannis. It is the all-star game for crying out loud. Like I said, Jordan was never perfect in the all-star game. It now, now if Giannis did that in a regular game, even just all the guys, I got nothing. All the greats that played NBA and in the all-star game, not one of them has been perfect when shooting at least 10 shots, except for Giannis. I thank you. There you go. By the way, uh, let me know when that wins you a championship. Here's a little nugget. We ain't talking championships. I'm just talking all-star game. I know. I'm just, I'm just out of my mind right now. I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you crap. Here's here. Here. I got some trivia. So three players have won the MVP, the all-star MVP and defensive player of the year. Who are they? Um, well, one is Giannis, obviously. Who are the other two? Uh, Michael Jordan is probably one. Correct. The other is, um, I just, again, being so tired, I, I'm just going to throw a name out there. Uh, LeBron wrong. Kevin Garnett. Oh, gee, that was, I would have never have gotten that. No way. Now I'll do you one better. 
Only two players in NBA history have won multiple MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, and All-Star Game MVP. Oh, my God. Why is Taylor doing this to me right now? That would be Giannis (laughs) and Michael Jordan. That's it. One's the greatest basketball player of all time. The other one is on his way to be a top five player of all time. Just saying. Just saying. Is the greatest player of all time Giannis? No. Michael Jordan. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, just, I was it just goes, seeing where, where you'd go with that. It goes Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Giannis Antonin. No, I'm just kidding. There's more and then Giannis. <laughs> so what does this have to do with the regular season? Not a damn, not a damn thing. I was going to say very, very little. Although we are two games back of the Sixers. Have your Milwaukee Bucks uh, improved to the point of you not being seething with anger, my friend? No. No. Okay. I just, just asked him for an update. I was just curious. And that wasn't being, that wasn't a sarcastic question. I was legitimately curious. Although we have a game with the Knicks tomorrow. Knicks who are the fifth seed right now in the East. We said it before Taylor, the Knicks are the surprise of the dang season. They're going to knock somebody good out of the playoffs. I'll tell you that right now. Knicks are the fifth seed. I, I'm looking at the standings right now. I still can't believe it. Julius Randle playing some of the best basketball of his life. It's like it's made up. And I see the Knicks at five, and I'm just waiting for myself to wake up. Believe it. It's real. R.J. Barrett playing well. I think if we can beat the Knicks, and then we got to play the Wizards, two games in a row in Washington, D.C., nation's capital. Then one week from today, we play the best team in the East. As of now, that could change. The 76ers, I think that's going to be a huge, huge test. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, oh, when do we play the Nets next? Um, Here, 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 hold on. Not until May. Holy crap. (laughs) I was going to say, before you go on, here's the key question. Your game against the 76ers, is that yep. home or away? That is in Philly. Ooh, because I was I was going to say, if it's in Milwaukee, I think you got a shot because uh, the Sixers are underwater away from Philadelphia, but home, they're home cooking at 16 and three. Yeah, we're both eight and nine away from our respective arenas. So I was going to say, that's why I asked. Who knows? We'll see what happens. It'll be, we got to get through the first, these next three games, get past the Knicks, take down the Wizards. Um, and then we'll see what happens in Philly. I don't know. I'll reserve judgment on our Milwaukee Bucks until then. We shall see. I was, I was just looking up to see going down the standings list of both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference of who had a better away record than they do uh, on their home court. In the Eastern Conference, you got to go down to the ninth seed, the Chicago Bulls, a team that couldn't win what felt like 10 games in a season to save their life 
if that team that they played was blindfolded, yet they're ninth in the East. On the Western Conference, all you have to do is drop down a couple of spots. The team, the first team that has a better away record than on their home court, Taylor, is the Los Angeles Lakers in the West. Lakers. By the way, the Lakers have slid. They've uh, they've lost seven of their last ten. Where's the panic button in L.A.? Seven of their last ten, and yet they're still right. above 500 at at 649 and third in the Western Conference. Yeah, panic button. Uh-huh. Sure. I would be. They're playing like trash. I I don't know. I, I am so out of my mind right now, everybody. Thank oh, God that that is the last time. We got LeBron. Oh, we got LeBron. We're the best ever. LeBron's man. Wait, Get out of here. Said, Shut up. Who in the world has said best ever? What am I losing here? What? There's a lot of I'm people so that lost. say. There's a lot of people that say LeBron's the best ever. Oh, I thought you meant that their team is the best ever, not LeBron. Sorry. I. No, I mean, even that, that I can under, I can understand to a point. No. We got LeBron. Everything's fine. Get out of here. Shut up. There are people that don't give LeBron enough credit. LeBron is still oh, averaging. LeBron you know is what? still LeBron is still averaging like 27, 8, and 8. And he's gonna be 37 years old for crying out loud. People I, I'm getting tired of people that just hate on him to hate him. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about him. If he didn't whine every time he went up and down the court, he'd oh, be God. Does he not? Every time he drives the lane, doesn't get hit, and he's got to throw up his arms and whine and cry about a foul. Well, he's a star player. Does he not get those calls? Dude, After again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to defend LeBron, but you know, as well as I do that the NBA is a star driven league. You know that I get it. as well as I do. I get it. But I see Giannis, by the way, who has won Luka, two MVPs our, in the row has been in the league for no, about no. three years and he already wants calls every time. And right. I love and I think Luka. And I think it's disgusting, but I will say we, Giannis, we agree. We agree there. Giannis has won back-to-back MVPs, and he literally is getting hacked every time he goes to the rim. Doesn't get one call. Does he whine about it? Nope, he doesn't. Never saw Jordan whine about no calls. No, I get you. This episode is done and dusted. I, I am... All right. I the The last time I felt like this, Taylor, was the time where... I had to catch up on a bunch of schoolwork in my senior year of high school, and I stayed up for 52 hours straight. Not recommended. Don't do that, kids. No, no, not recommended at all. You kids out there, do not make the same mistake. Do not do that. Do your homework and your classwork on time. With that said, we've reached the end of another edition of Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio. You have been listening to episode 138, Taylor. Another episode is off into the wind, into the sands of time. Any parting words, my friend? Yeah, another piece of breaking news from this morning. Hit me with it. Blake, I know you'll be happy. I was excited when I heard this. Uh Uh-oh. The NHL is going to be back on ESPN. 
Ah, yes. Yes, sir. My only issue with that, speaking of the NHL, Minnesota Wild, my home state, Minnesota Wild, Taylor. I can't remember exactly what subscription TV service you subscribe to. I'm a YouTube TV user myself. Not having the regional Fox Sports Network or Ballsy Network, whatever the new thing is that they're going to debut, I have no idea. I think it's Bally's, not Ballsy. Ballsy sounds a lot better, though. Whatever whatever it is. (laughs) Dang it. My point is, I've wanted to watch the Wild so bad this year, and now that I just think about it, that Minnesota United is on Fox Sports North too. I, yep. Um, uh, yeah. I don't think I've been able to watch a Brewer game in about a year and a half now. Not on FS Wisconsin anyways. Aren't the Bucks on FS Wisconsin? Yep. Never mind. I, I, I won't ask that over the year about how that's managed. Never mind. I'm not going to say. I No, have... no. I... I get what you're putting down. I understand Certain ways. And I'm going to leave it as that at that for Taylor Johnson. I play Plonsky. We will see you next week. Join us for episode 139. And we are out. Peace. Facebook, Amy always had a computer. for life.